When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to Take the Black Live. I am Dan Selke, your host coming on net, and I am here with Mia Johnson, entertainment editor at fansided.com. And this is Take the Black Live, where we talk about all things Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, sci-fi, fantasy, and entertainment industry, because there's some very interesting stuff going on in that space right mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. now. First of all, thanks everybody for coming. Hello, Sherry. Hello, Louise. Hello, everybody watching. And okay. I want let's let's just jump right into it, shall yeah. we? Disney Plus has happened. Oh, it happened. It's Dis- it was basically <laughs> Disney Plus Day. That is now a holiday. Yeah. Okay. November twelfth. <laughs> I, I can take that. <laughs> I will say right at the bat, poor um, Apple TV Plus Day that doesn't exist. Yeah, they didn't get that on. <laughs> so Disney Plus, yeah. Disney's giant streaming service, has dropped. I got it. I actually like signed up for like two days ago. Like I gotta mm-hmm. do this, don't I? Okay, really yeah. quick. <laughs> so I finally did it. <laughs> and there's a lot going on with it. Um, there were like there were slowdowns, there were breakages. People yeah. weren't able to get on. Yeah. But I mean, that kind of went away pretty quick. It was yeah. kind of inevitable, wasn't it? Yeah, a lot of people were reporting on it, but I was like, I feel like this was to be expected. Mm-hmm. A because it's their launch, even though they've been beta testing it. And then B, just because I'm sure, like, those servers were going to be flooded with the mass amount of people who wanted to, you know, log in. Absolutely. Yeah, it's to be expected. I mean, it already has 10 million subscribers. So, you know, in the parlance of um, the Star Wars, which is Disney's purview, (laughs) begun the streaming wars have. It's Mm. very clever of me. (laughs) Mm, yeah, the same in Yoda voice next I mean, time. they have. I hear that yeah. and I'm like, okay, so that is the gauntlet thrown down. Oh, yeah. It's your move, HBO Max. Oh, it is yeah. your move, Peacock. It is your move, CBS All Access. Your move, Amazon. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Only Disney could just step right into a space and just be a major player day one. Yeah. And I think they already have. Oh, yeah, for sure. And their flagship show, I think we both wanted to talk about it, is The Mandalorian. Yeah. Ooh, the first ever live action Star Wars program. Yes, look starring at that. Pedro Pascal under a helmet. Wow, what a good looking <laughs> what a good looking helmet. Excellent looking helmet. <laughs> Do you feel a little bad for him, honestly? Because I mean like this is this is the role of a lifetime. This oh, is yeah. the first oh, ever yeah. live action Star Wars show. Tons of money into this. Uh-huh. Everyone's watching it. And you're the center <laughs> of it and you can't show your face. <laughs> I mean it it's a catch-22 because I think it's so cool that he gets to play this character in the first place. And then second, I don't know what the second thing is, but I, I think it'll work itself out eventually, kind of in the sure. way 
that Captain Phasma has always worn her helmet. It just I think that's just part of the Star Wars lore. Like it right. makes you cool. Darth Vader helmet makes you cool. Kylo Ren took that off true. his and mask. James Earl Jones still is very well known for playing Darth Vader. So why can't oh, yeah. Pascal be oh, known yeah. for playing Darth Vader? Oh yeah. Warrior? So he, he did say his name, by the way. Yeah, I saw I forgot that. What it was. It's like Din Jin or something. something. Yeah. Engine no. <laughs> Just rev up those engines. <laughs> I, I I hope he is the kind of guy who will just spoil everything in interviews. <laughs> yeah. It was a real turns out to be a real Mark Ruffalo yeah. and just kind of spills it all. <laughs> Anyways, let's just let's chat about it yeah. for a minute. What did you think of it? You watched it right when yeah. it came out. Oh yeah, I was on it. I saw like I was like refreshing Reddit every day or like every hour pretty much. And then when that link dropped that <laughs> Disney Plus was finally open at like midnight, I rushed over, I downloaded the app as like, okay, I'm putting this on. So I was was blown away. A good word to say this. You're really, I think you're blown I was away. I was pleasantly surprised. I really really liked it. Um, and of course we don't want to get like too much into spoilers or anything, but like that. Well, but we have like a brief yeah, synopsis. Yeah, of it really quick, so yeah. For, for for the people out there in internet land. So yeah, it is about it follows this Mandalorian character. And he's kind of cut from the same cloth as like Boba Fett, and Jenga Fett, the bounty hunters. Clint Eastwood. Yeah. <laughs> And so that's his job. It's got a lot of humor mixed into it. And basically what he, he kind of, you know, gets offered like the bounty of a lifetime. Like nobody can catch uh-huh. this person. It's, you know, it's going to be hard. You might die, blah, blah, blah. And so that's what he's doing. And actually at the very end, you do find out who it is. And then it kind of, this cliffhangers from there. Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty good cliffhanger too. Oh yeah, and it's very. I mean, it's very like Western inspired. You know, he gives the yeah. of a lifetime. It's like people yeah. have died, and he's like, "Where is it?" Yeah. You know, because that's the kind of cool dude he <laughs> of is. Course. Okay, one of the things I liked most about it, I enjoyed it too, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I liked most about it was that it was only thirty nine minutes. This first yeah. episode, I liked that the show was confident enough to just be what it is, yeah, and not try to be a sprawling game of thrones the epic mm-hmm. it, it's a it's called the mandalorian it's about the mandalorian it just follows him from point a to point b wow and that was more than enough yeah. <laughs> like i'm watching this historic materials show on hbo mm-hmm. which is a book series i really really like and it kind of sucks <laughs> because the story is about this character lyra yeah. in the books but they're making it all game of thrones either like having you follow other characters who don't see in the books and it's ruining the pacing, mm. and they're giving away stuff they shouldn't be giving away. And I can tell, I can tell they sat in a boardroom and said, you know what we got to do? Yeah. We got to make this more Game of Thrones-ish, because that's what's hot right oh. now. And I was watching The Mandalorian, just like, this is so nice that it's yeah. just 40 minutes. It's a simple story of a, of a guy just going from point A to point B, getting a bounty, turning one in, freezing an alien dude in carbonite, and tricking him to go to yeah. the bathroom, and uh, getting a new one, going off and having entry. I really yeah. liked the directness of it. Yeah. So that was my, my point one that I liked. Yeah, because there's really no like, what would you call it, like beeline or like second storyline to this. It's really all about yes. him and his quest. And every so often you get these little characters who have their time to shine. Um, I mean, there were some ones who were nice. Like okay. I, I liked his, the first uh, kind of alien bounty yeah. he got. It was kind of <laughs> yeah. like a, a sweet natured, nice guy. But yeah. Did something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's that little bit of humor sprinkled in, like, with those characters. Uh, Taika Waititi plays the robot. What is it? IG-11 mm-hmm. or something 11, like that. Um, and so, it's like even the the droid, what they're called, the droids get to have a little bit of humor, too. Um, yeah. 
And yeah, there he is, just guns blazing. Guns blazing. <laughs> I was surprised Taika, he was out so quick. Yeah. Oh, oh I, <laughs> darn, I just gave away a thing, didn't I? If you haven't seen it, sorry. <laughs> well, the the fun thing is that Taika is going to direct a episode. Yes. I don't know if it's two, but definitely one episode in this series. I'm looking forward to that later on. Um, Taika Waititi, just um, Thor Ragnarok director. Yeah, Thor Ragnarok director, Jojo Rabbit. He's He's got it all. So I'm really happy that he has like a little bit of a uh, part in that. Me too. Yeah. He has a very distinctive yeah. directorial style. Sherry asked, prequel to Boba Fett? And uh, no, it's actually after Boba Fett. Right. You know, my comments aren't loading. Oh, I'm so sad. <laughs> it kind of <laughs> froze or something. <laughs> yeah, this story, I mean, what, what, what's kind of clever is that the, the whole premise is that obviously this character is a Boba Fett-related person. He's like part of Boba Fett's tribe, the Mandalorians. Yeah. But Boba Fett's not in it at all. But they still kind of have that iconography, which is very, very cool. And like, mm-hmm. you know, since the 70s, people have like, Boba Fett is so awesome. He's a badass bounty hunter. So that will draw you in because yeah. it looks like it, even though it's oh, not yeah. really involved. Yeah, it's definitely got that Star Wars stamp on it. And I've never like, wa- I really haven't watched any of the cartoons. So I don't really know yeah, how the how they do it in those TV shows. But I think definitely, like, with this being their first venture into the whole, like, you know, live action TV series mm-hmm. thing, I think they've kind of, like, grounded us into that. And so I'm really, really excited. Totally like, like so you do get a little bit of hints about, you know, like, the you Empire do, yeah. has fallen. So, like, what is going on after that? Um, I think it's a little bit closer to the fall of the Empire rather than... Oh, hurrah. <laughs> okay, get some comments again. Rather than... Um, the start of the first order so it puts you like in an interesting spot on the timeline yeah, but it's very and they've said it's very much like roman empire has yeah, fallen yeah chaos reigns yeah. it's a lawless yeah lawless clint land. eastwood style <laughs> wild west kind there of deal go. we're going yeah. for um i also loved how it looked like holy crap yeah. okay i'm sorry this is 40 minutes yeah i'm not sure i've ever seen a tv show with so much money clearly poured in. Ooh, yeah. I mean, that very first scene on the ice, where that was great, by the way, when the speeder goes away and like the thing like uh, kind yeah. of uh, eats it. Yeah. That scene looked great. I mean, the sets looked great. Yeah. Uh, the gunfights looked great. It was a lot of money right up top. Exactly. That's and- what really, I was like, wow, this is really great cinematography wise. It to me basically felt like I was watching a movie. It really did. Yeah. Like a movie sized. Like, like you a, wouldn't, a, yeah, you wouldn't get movie. this in like some of the CW shows no. <laughs> where their budgets are a little, eh, you know, get a little money here, maybe not so much there. Sherry agrees, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely like a movie. Uh, and hi, Julie. And the fun part is that you know these are released weekly, but we do get the next episode on Friday. Uh-huh. So that'll be something too, which I was going to say, that's something that's a little bit new to me because I'm so used to when we get this stuff, it's binge worthy content. So I'm you're like, totally in All right, it. on to the next episode. But now it's kind of like, you know, I've got to backtrack and say, okay, wait, I've got to wait. <laughs> I am 100,000% yeah. in favor yeah. of staggered releases. I am too. I don't have time to binge everything. Okay. I'm busy. <laughs> right. Because everybody or, you know, the really, the go-getters binge it all as soon as they can. And then they talk about it and they make a big fuss yeah. about it. And then, you know, when you finally get some time to talk and watch about, t- uh, watch it, it's like, oh, the conversation is over. Nobody wants to talk to me about this. I completely agree. Yeah. John Favreau, the showrunner, said like, and again, he, 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 he he referenced Game of Thrones here in a good mm-hmm. way, saying, like, I liked the build-up to those of things. Of course, yeah. 
I want to be able to talk about it and speculate on what happens next, what happened there. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really important part of what I loved about Game of Thrones, certainly. And I'm yeah. all in favor of people embracing that yeah. and moving away a little bit from the dump, dump it all at once yeah. model. I mean, not that that doesn't have its place. <laughs> we can still have those shows, too. But I am cool if Disney Plus wants to experiment a little bit. Yeah. Now, I will say for some of the shows like um, the other originals like Encore and the Jeff Goldblum show, those were some where I was like hoping that they would have a full season just so I can kind of like pick the ones I want to watch. Um, so it kind of in a way just forces you to watch that one episode anyway. But it's relaxing. I mean, yeah, it's it's simplicity of choice because you don't have to overwhelm. I made a tweet <laughs> where I was like, <laughs> you know, immediately opens up Disney and I black out from the overwhelming amount of choices that there are. It's like, well, I can watch anything in the world. Where do I start? Uh-huh. <laughs> but like, yeah. It, it, I don't want TV to watch and be like a job. And I yeah. feel like um, if you stack Well, besides releases, that, this is our job. <laughs> it is, but I don't want it to feel <laughs> like Like it. a chore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Julie has a great comment, as yeah. always. Um, says Julie, there's too many streaming services now. We already spend 120 per mm-hmm. month to have to pay for all of them to watch the good stuff. I'd have to go back to work and that's not happening. <laughs> Which, yes, that that is a problem I think that we're going to have to reckon with. Yeah. Like, maybe, I'm not sure how soon, but between all the ones that are coming out, mm-hmm. that is a real problem. Yeah. That I'm not sure what the way out is. Yeah, I really don't. And some people are like just predicting or joking even that, you know, it'll be like, wow, this is so inconvenient to have all these streaming channels. Why don't we just bundle them all together and then we've got cable <laughs> again. So it's just like this never ending cycle. I mean, my solution, I'm just thinking of canceling my cable. Mm. Like, yeah. what do I need it for? It's, yeah, definitely sacrifices. I like the good place, but I mean, I can watch that on Hulu. It'll come on, yeah, it'll come on on Hulu. And so it's kind of like, well, that's that's done and done. Uh, ask Karen, do you have to read the comic book or see the movie to understand The Watchmen? Oh. Um, really quick, right now I'm very confused by the show. Uh, uh, that I'm enjoying Watchmen. I do think reading the comic would help. I'm I'm sorry they couldn't make it uh, <laughs> more oh, no. accessible because, yeah, they're not exactly doing a great job. Um, I still am enjoying it, though. If you have the comic, go ahead and read it. If not, um, yeah. maybe maybe they'll pull it together. <laughs> I also thought from Mandalorian. Um, yeah. My favorite thing about it, though, was Werner Herzog as oh. the client. Mm, yeah. I love his voice. Yeah, um, what a presence. <laughs> he, had, he had, I felt afraid of him. <laughs> I felt like he was going to, like, get up and stab someone with an ice pick at any moment. Yeah. Um, I loved him. I want to see more of him. <laughs> I saw one article where it was, like, they asked Warner Herzog. It was, like, were you intimidated to work with John Favreau? <laughs> Which is such a weird question off the bat. And he was, like, uh, no, not really, because I've never – I don't know what movies he's directed. Warner Herzog is afraid of nothing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a comment here um, from Sherry. I think this is about Disney Plus. Where are the Marvel weeklies? I was so excited for it. Yeah. So Marvel has announced a huge, huge slate of originals like WandaVision, Loki, um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. But those are not, those are barely, barely in production. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Falcon and Winter Soldier just, they just started filming. Uh, So those might be out around next year Mm -hmm. or late next year, if I'm to believe. I think they're shorter. Like they're not like. Yeah, TV, six. TV I know series. for sure Loki, they said, is six hours. So, like, maybe six or seven episodes worth. Um, 
But yeah, they're still filming those. They do have Marvel Heroes Project, which is coming out, but it's more of like a, you know, like reality, reality sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so we're going to have to wait a little bit more on those and like the whole what if and all that stuff. But I'm really, really looking forward to it. Okay. Okay. Um, we have a comment that is a bit of a spoiler. Should we answer it? Ooh. I'd like to. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you do not want to be spoiled for the end of the Mandalorian episode one, um, please kindly put plugs in your ears for the next three minutes. Yeah. Um, Robert asks, where do you think they will go with the storytelling of Yoda's species at the end? Yeah. The Mark was a little baby Yoda. Yeah. Or a little baby of Yoda's species. Yeah. I will say one place I hope they don't go is I liked this show. They said that they don't want to actually involve like the story of the movies. Yeah. I do not want the real Yoda showing up. I do not want like, you know, the actual like characters we know coming mm-hmm. in and being a part of it. I don't want the whole series to be an explanation for like, I don't know, how <laughs> Darth Maul's secret chop shop was shut up or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want it to stand on its own. I don't want to blame it. I'm okay doing a member of the species. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Original I think character. like overall it will kind of answer you know, what is up with this species? Why is it, you know, why is this like the last surviving? Which I'm sure. Um, oh, there was, there is another, which I had seen um, in the prequels, a, a Yoda, and her name was Yaddle or something like that. Yes, yeah, apparently. Yeah. I did not know, I did not know that. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I me neither. Tell me. Oh, yeah, no, I'm like, Yaddle? What? It's like, oh, of course I know Yaddle. You're having a stroke? <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Well, no, it clearly can't be her because she was in the prequels. No. This is a, a new right, Yoda and it's species a, it's baby. a new. So somehow this little little cute baby has survived, and we'll see where they they take it. I think it's cute because it all, oh, it also reminded me of Death Stranding, which had just come out. You know, they have to carry those like little babies, <laughs> little babies in front around of, the thing. Yeah. It's like this is just Death Stranding now. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. I'm all for that. Synergy. Yeah. Timefall. <laughs> also, some comments. Uh, Praising Regina King from Watchmen. Totally Ooh, in agreement. Yeah. She's wonderful. I love Jean Smart on that show a lot. She, she's my new hero, personally. <laughs> the show's good. Have you watched it yet at all? I watched the first episode. It. And I actually was, I was intrigued by it's it. It's intriguing. Yeah. yeah. And I've heard to say it's like great yet. I like the third episode a lot. I, I, I would get to that and see where you are. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, I'm liking that. I think it's after a good start. The Mandalorian yeah. and Disney Plus in general. Um, Bob Iger has said that the Star Wars movies are going on a hiatus hmm. after the rise of Skywalker. He reiterated that. Um, I bring it up just because I think it's still funny yeah. that they're saying, I mean, I, I think it's more than funny. I think it's reflective of this idea that even though the Star Wars movies are going on hiatus, I mean, what's happening in Disney Plus? We have The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. we have the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, mm-hmm. we have that Rogue One show. So Star Wars is going to, I think... I think it's reflective of the general migration from movies to TV. I think TV and streaming services are where things are happening now. Yeah. I think those are the big events. And like something like it can like, you know, burst through sometimes and (laughs) and have a big movie. But generally speaking, I think this is where we are right now. Yeah. The money is really at like being at home and watching stuff at home, stream these streaming services. And it's not like people wouldn't you know, show up depending on if whatever was released in the theater. But I think it kind of helps to, to like, cause it's like, yeah, Star Wars isn't going anywhere. And you can say, you know, they are like, t- 
technically, in a sense, taking a hiatus from, you know, ending a Skywalker saga or whatever it may be. But it's like, you guys really, you're not leaving. You're not going anywhere. So don't try to, you know. You're pumping it up. Yeah. There's going to be more. <laughs> so really, you know, don't don't try to play me like that. But uh, I, I mean, it, it still makes me excited. It Sometimes I kind of worry. It's like, okay, will it be too much? Is it is it going to be Star Wars overload, overload or something like that? Uh-huh. Um, but... Uh, it, again, it's just one of those things we're just going to have to like wait and watch to see because, of course, you know, we've been flooded with we've we've had like three Marvel movies a year. Yeah. Um, and I mean, to me, that's still that was fine for me. So I think I'll still be fine with, you know, all the, the Star Wars stuff. In terms of Star Wars overload, it's just in general, just kind of big, splashy show overload. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Like Julie says, she's looking forward to Vikings. There's happening just around the corner. I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to that, too. I'm also looking forward to The Crown. And oh boy, yeah. uh, The Witcher, which already got a second season, oh, by yeah. the way. <laughs> just super easy. Netflix it, is it, like, it, yeah, let's just do it. Yet. Watching, watching, watching Start Materials. I'm watching Rick and Morty. Did you see that one? I did. I okay. really loved it. <laughs> it was pretty good. Shrimp it was an episode. Rick. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best bit, yes. The little, like, shrimp Nazi yeah. flags. We're talking about Rick and Morty if you yeah. don't know what the hell we're talking about. Um, there's just a lot of good TV on. And again, I, I, I hope it doesn't turn into a job. Like, you know, like, when is great content too much great content right even if it's all good yeah. can we come up with all of this like well can can people just stop having good ideas for 10 <laughs> minutes please and if you're playing death stranding and watching all I that know. i don't know where you've had the time oh yeah yeah uh, th- th- which the death stranding is super super long and it's one of the like story-wise it's it's something good where it it probably could be uh like a tv show or maybe a movie or whatever you know that guy is. wants to make movies oh yeah kojima he's like hmm what can i you know <laughs> but that yeah that in particular it's so it i've heard it's really really long push i think maybe like 60 ish hours yeah that's what i've heard too um my only problem is like i think kojima wants to like put in like all these little like he's building his own world but at the same time none of it makes sense and he barely <laughs> tries to give you any footing to help it make sense so that has been my problem <laughs> with Death Stranding so far, but it it's still like so interesting to me where it's like I feel like okay maybe maybe in this next scene we'll find out <laughs> something maybe in this next scene we'll find out more and it's just like no it's all it really wants to do as long as you're hooked it's gonna work yeah <laughs> he's a, he's a fragile genius me oh, yeah. I don't you understand anything he does is brilliant okay so anything else Star Wars related you want to talk about or, or, or Disney Plus related that was probably the big news story of yesterday definitely oh man yeah yeah definitely I'm just looking forward to like what else can I watch on this and you know how many hours am i gonna spend watching all the disney princess movies <laughs> too. And, and up until julie's scenario happens and there's some kind of streaming reckoning oh where, yeah i mean if these are the streaming wars there's gonna be some deaths yeah is my prediction yeah. but we'll see what happens apple tv plus is one i would like think but they have like the most money of everybody yeah so maybe they strange. can be as long as they yeah. want and because this is still a Game of Thrones, you know, base channel, we're always going to have some Game of Thrones stuff in here. Of course. And today I want to talk about, in terms of the Game of Thrones of it all, uh, Mr. George R.R. Martin. Um, I don't know what those R.R. stands for, by the way. I think I did, but I forgot. Um, his interviews in Chicago came out. He was here like a month ago yeah. to accept an award. I forgot which kind. Uh, I didn't see him. So I should have, because we are here in Chicago, if you didn't know. Um, and they're going to come out, and he said some interesting things... Um, I forget where he had this interview, but he gave an interview and he mm-hmm. said some cool stuff. Um, I want to talk to you about his opinions on fan fiction, oh, which boy. is a topic I've always found very interesting. Yeah. 
I don't quite know what it is about it that interests me so much. It's the idea of people kind of making this whole creative subculture that's based on another, like, piece of culture somebody else yeah. put out and, like, a thriving, like, just creative space coming out of it. I think it's really interesting how some authors don't like it, some authors do like it, and um, where the lines are to be drawn between. So yeah. I'm going to read some of George R. R. Martin's comments on the topic. Louise is asking, is and Dan going like, to do the accent? I'd love <laughs> Make to. Make a decision. <laughs> okay, I'll do it right now. <clears throat> George R. R. Martin on fan fiction. I'm not a fan of fan fiction. I don't think it's a good way to train to be a professional writer when you're borrowing everyone and everybody else's world and characters. That's like riding a bull with training, a bike with training wheels. And then when I took the training wheels off, I fell over a lot. But at some point, you take that, that you have to take the training wheels off here. You have to invent your own characters. You have to do your own world building. You can't just borrow from Gene Roddenberry or George Lucas or me or whoever. The other thing is that there are all sorts of copyright issues when you're using other people's work. My understanding of the books of the law is that if I knew about if if I knew about it, I would have to try and stop it. So just don't tell me about it. And do what you want there. Ooh. It's not for me, he concluded, basically. I don't want to read it, and I would not encourage people to write it. Right. <laughs> write the books. Yikes. Okay, mm. so what is your background with fan fiction, Mia? Because I do, I do not know what it is. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Um, I, I read it. I'll admit that on air. <laughs> Please know, says Karen. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, you, I, I've, I've created a monster. I shouldn't even <laughs> ask about the accent uh but no like as far as fan fiction that's something i'm definitely uh invested in i'm one of those people who come from like the depths of tumblr to <laughs> yeah what have what? you read written or both just read i okay. feel like i've always been too embarrassed to write but i actually have so many ideas in my head <laughs> <laughs> so so many ideas i know some folk like do do like commissions and stuff or to, like write with, on request so. Yeah, I was like, see, that's one of the things I was like, well, maybe if somebody asked me, if they're not going to ask me unless mm -hmm. I have a sample work to show them, and I'm not going to do that in the first sure. place. Um, but no, I, I'm definitely like all in agreement of the fan fiction, just because it number one is just a creative outlet for these people to like put their sure. thoughts down and create these own worlds in their head. And I think that's something that I've done as like a little kid. It's like, okay, well, totally. I've seen this movie like Star Wars. Now, where can I take it? And who would I put in this universe? Um, and it, it, it helps too that you have your ground in this universe and you can do whatever you want uh, to expand it. Sherry says writers won't even look at original work. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> um, but I mean, for example, one of the big things is like looking at something like Sherlock Holmes, where Sherlock mm -hmm. Elementary, the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes, in a way is fan fiction because you're taking totally. original material and you're adapting it into your own. I think <laughs> we discussed Wicked here before, which yeah. is, you know, was it about fan fiction, basically? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And it, I think to me, it honors those writers who came up with these works in these worlds. And now you're like, and now I want to do something about it. Um, and it, it doesn't just have to be like what they would call like slash fiction, you know, like romance and, you know, taking like Harry that Potter and both and, and Malfoy. <laughs> you know, like, I don't think Martin would object to something like Wicked. I don't yeah. think he'd object yeah. to here. I have written a book that kind of puts a twist on this mm -hmm. and Perhaps the difference is like is is money even like yeah. I'm doing it commercially or that that or that, that author was long long dead. Um, I do think he would kind of take issue with why are you writing about Sansa <laughs> and Arya having so much sex? 
<laughs> yeah, it, and you know what? I think it's stigmatized a lot, and and maybe it's like you know, like annoying fangirl culture or something like that. Like, okay. oh, you know, Janaries is really weird, and that's all. Well, I guess Janaries was canon in <laughs> in the series, but you know, John and Daenerys. It's kind of okay. like, yeah, I'm sorry. See, those are that ship, was a popular one. Yeah. Those are ship names, by the way. Yes. So you take two people and you put Portmanteaus. their portmanteaus. Like, <laughs> right. So. I think that part of the fan uh, fan fiction community has been a little bit stigmatized. But even when you go into those, you know, slash fiction kind mm-hmm. of works, that's where you find some of the best authors and, you know, people who, like, should honestly be winning awards for the amount of work that they do. Um, and I, I definitely have, like, a list of, like, favorite authors <laughs> who are, like, just, like, absolutely stellar, better than, than Fifty Shades of Grey and Twilight and all that mess. Why wouldn't, in your experience, because mm-hmm. again, like, I don't know what it is just for me. I'm like this weird, like, outside person who's yeah. like, that's so interesting. <laughs> like, if a person is that good, and uh-huh. like, let's say they write just an excellent, um, you know, uh, little finger slash Varus, you're fix. Oh, if, boy. If, they're, if, if there's, like, should they... Should like it, 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 do you think there's like a desire to translate what they're doing into like an original work they can sell, or is this just an expression of creativity and a hobby for that kind of person? Which and, and I recognize I'm, I'm making up an author here that doesn't yeah, exist and yeah. strawmaning people, but I think that it, it's definitely a tricky territory because you get into like rights and all those things. Um, so I really think that a lot of these people just do it just because they want to, like out of the kindness be, of their yeah. heart. And they're like, I'm writing this for me, but I'm also sharing it with the community because I think this is something that you would like. Um, now, there are some people who would um, do like a, either like a Patreon or I think it's like buy me a coffee or something like that, that where you can, you know, like just chip in a little bit of money just to say like, hey, I appreciate your work that you're doing. Um, but yeah, it's it's really kind of hard to market yourself as a fan fiction writer and like i I feel like if you tried to bring that to a huge publisher they might like laugh in your face i mean (laughs) unfortunately well i mean you you couldn't make money off your fan fiction stuff because i Mm -hmm. mean like it's literally copyrighted yeah like that would be illegal yeah to make money off i don't think it's it's just write it it yeah it, it like i said it's definitely tricky territory but i don't know there are still some people who like are like legit writers and they double as like, they still have the, the talent I would say to just make an original work of, you know, fiction. And then that's something that they can bring to the publishing houses and all that. And that has happened. I know there are authers who did do fan fiction and go on to write. I don't have any of their names top of my head. Um, I know what happens though, that they'd go on to write like, you know, a book. Yeah. 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 Or there are like published authors who still write fan fiction for fun. Exactly. And then there are authors who, you know, are very happy with it. Like JK Rowling is, I think pretty famously on board or like, okay with the notion of fan fiction. Mm -hmm. You could even say that she kind of does it herself with her own stuff. (laughs) Hmm, That's a good way to, uh, yeah. It's like, is it fan fiction when you write your own stuff? I mean, the, with the absurd amount world. of things that she's put out on, like, Pottermore. Yeah, to me, it's fan fiction. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. But you know and what? And, like, when, like, where's the line between when it becomes fan fiction, where, yeah. when it's canon? Yeah. Like, you'd figure a J.K. Rowling, like, if she wrote it, it is canon because it's, like, it's her head. Mm-hmm. But 
maybe not. <laughs> yeah. And that's the whole thing, too, where you get into, like, what you personally choose to believe as, you know, canon versus what they would call, like, head canon, like, what yes. I choose to believe. Um where there are a lot of people who kind of like to, you know, repair the endings of something. So you might, there are probably tons already of like oh. repaired Game of Thrones season eight endings. The, the, like the, 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 the YouTube <laughs> infrastructure is, yeah. is so rich. <laughs> yes, I'm sure there's a ton of stuff out there. I'm not personally into the Game of Thrones like fan fiction or anything like that. So I don't know what's out there. I think uh, Sansa and John and Daenerys and John are the biggest uh, ships. Sansa and John. Wow, oh, would, it was huge. Back I would in the have day. never imagined. They hugged once, and ever since then, wow. just the imaginations are just wow. Oof. And um, like wow, yeah, I can see like something like for Star Wars. Star Wars is ending, so people are probably going to want to, you know, like change whatever that looks like to them. I don't want to say. <laughs> what that might entail but you know that avengers all those sorts of things there's, there's it's just so much that it's unbelievable and again just very interesting stuff and again i i'm i always follow the kind of the arguments of the authors on each side because like dick Rowling's okay with it mm-hmm. george R. martin like Anne rice are the big one who's very much against it mm. and uh this conversation's been going on for a very long time oh yeah because fan fiction's been going on for a very long time yeah there's just there's something that compels people to be interested in it and i i don't I'm not quite myself, but I am interested in the phenomenon. Oh, <laughs> I think if you found the right one, you'd be like, you know, this is pretty good. I right. think, to be honest, to be fair, if I'm being totally honest, I think I've read more fan fiction, like on Archive of Our Own, um, <laughs> than like actually cracking open books <laughs> by legit authors. I mean, so it's free. It is, yeah. And I really, it's like, you know, you got to thank those people for putting good work. You can leave them a kudos, which is like a little heart. Boop. So I'm like, please take this token of my gratitude. All right. And <laughs> finally, to another Game of Thrones story, let's wrap it up. Um, a little more news on the House of the Dragon, the upcoming Game of Thrones prequel show mm-hmm. about the Dance of the Dragons. George R. R. Martin uh, took to, again, his uh, blog to talk about the kind Ooh. of the writer's room forming. Okay. There's a little information for you guys, information you can use. Uh, we got George R. R. Martin worked on it. We got uh, Ryan Condal, who worked on a show called Conley I didn't watch on Sci-Fi. Mm. I think it's a Sci-Fi show. I don't know. Um, then we have a couple other people. We got Wes Tooker, who was a writer on Colony. Claire <laughs> Keechel, who wrote for Watchmen and the OA on Netflix. That's interesting. Okay. And then um, Ty Mickle who I actually just followed on Twitter and we talked a little bit. So if you want to come and interview yeah. us, Ty, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, who works for Martin at his production company. So just some update. It looks like there's forming a little team. Although I'm not sure uh, the team that develops a show is the team that actually goes into a write like the mm-hmm. episodes for it. But it's something. Yeah. Well. And that'll premiere on HBO Max right. when that comes out. I assume that's a good team that he's assembled. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's writers who aren't very yeah. well known. I'm curious um, about a comment from Louise. Uh, she says, what would be a suggested starting point? I would worry about wading through the bad. I think yeah. we're talking about fan fiction. Yes. I mean, do they rate things on there? Yeah. Uh, so if you do go on archive of our own, um, they have like filters where you can sort by like, um, you know, how many, I think you can sort through how many kudos. Cause that's basic kudos is like, so how many likes it got. And obviously the more likes, the better it is. Um, and you can also, oh, Dan is on it now. Oh, yeah. So if you look on the sidebar, there's all these like little suggestions and you can 
uh, look at like completed works, which is for me, like if you don't like, you know, the suspense, cause you, cause these people are writers too. So they might, might like pull a George R. R. Martin and just like ghost the entire series. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're looking for something that is complete and you don't have to wait and have cliffhangers, check the completed box. And then there are all these other little criterias. So if you want like something that's G-rated or a little bit more dull, you know, you can do whatever you want. Basically. And if you're curious, the top pairings for Game of Thrones fan oh, fiction are oh, there were five thousand stories. Jon Snow, Sansa. Wow, that's the biggest one. Wow. Second, with also over five thousand, Jamie Lannister, Brienne of Tarth. Oh, I should have known. And then uh, Arya Stark, Gendry Waters, third, okay. over four thousand. Okay. And then Jon Snow, Daenerys. And then fifth is The Hound and Sansa. I'm trying to know about that. Ooh, ooh that's, a cho- <laughs> that's a choice. <laughs> so just a fascinating yeah. world that, like, I want to get more involved. I'm also a little afraid. Um, I'd love to talk more about it. Oh, if boy. Oh, expert, boy. Oh, yeah. experts on. <laughs> um, anything else you wanted to bring up today? Oh, boy. I think Amy I- says that no one is talking about the Crocorus. Do we know what that means? Is, is that something we have to Google search before? <laughs> I can do it really quick. Why not? We're a little early today. <laughs> I must know. I, it didn't work. Oh, no. Oh, because I, I did the wrong thing. One second. Okay, okay. We are on the case. Or if you can explain it fuck. to us in the meantime. Nope. That's a, that's a no reaction on Google. So I don't know what that means. I've never so seen Amy, a- I'm not sure. I, I would if I knew what it was. Um, anything else you wanted to bring up? <laughs> Um, oh, I'll plug this um, wonderful video that we're working on with uh, Richard back there. We've got our fan site at 250 list coming out later this month or next month rather. And a little teaser about one of the fandoms on there is Marvel. Duh. Um, So I just did a really, really cool interview with all these cosplayers who cosplay as Captain America and Bucky Barnes and Thor. Uh, so if you guys head over to my Twitter, uh, Mia J Media or Fanside Entertainment, you'll see some pictures of those people. I should have sent Richard pictures unless he's <laughs> <laughs> unless he's digging through them now. But that was really, really such a fun shoot because you got to see these people and like they really get into cosplaying, I which mean, it's like incredibly impressive. Yeah, they are really the impressive. They put a lot of money and like hard work into their costumes and all that. And so uh it, it it was a really good talk so look out for that hopefully a couple of weeks or so i just want to answer sherry's question really quick because i like that question she says about house of the dragon i wonder if they were use the same locations and sets mm. and um i wonder that too i figure i wonder if that'll like cut down on the production time a bit yeah i mean they built a whole king's landing why not use it <laughs> yeah. might as well <laughs> all right we're open for business again exactly okay and okay last question yes. fave hero mia from sherry favorite hero like mm-hmm. superhero Marvel hero, I'm guessing. Oh. Oh, wow, wow, wow. I've been put on the spot. Um, I think recently Thor has been my favorite. Fair enough. I think so. I think Spider-Man is like the, the long OG. The long blonde hair or the short hair? <sighs> Don't do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with long. <laughs> okay. I agree. All right. And that is our show for this week. We are also available in podcast form on iTunes, Google Play, wherever podcasts are downloadable. You can see us there, and we'll be back next week, Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, here on the Windows Facebook page for more, you know, discussion, debate, mystery, delving into topics that maybe we shouldn't get too close to, but also it's exciting to do it. So come back and watch us live, and we'll see you then. Bye. Bye everybody. Bye.
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.